Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Friday morning. Interesting. Uh, I was waking up this morning and realized it was 9-11. I'm still trying to decide whether that'll make... We'll talk about that at all. But before we jump into all that, welcome to the Break the Cycle with DSD podcast show. I'm your host, Dwayne. Uh, I'm not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who's gone through a difficult, just difficult situation. But I had to develop some tips and techniques to make me survive or help me survive that I share with you to help you get your life back. Minimize the abuse. And if you have kids, try to undo some of that parental alienation and repair or at least strengthen the relationship you have with your child. Be careful throwing around a diagnosis, even though you might strongly suspect that your ex might have a personality disorder or some type of other issue. Don't go around telling people that you've diagnosed them, you've used your internet degree to figure everything out. Talk about patterns of behavior, things like that. Just be careful. Only a clinician in a clinical environment can appropriately and ethically diagnose somebody. If you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member. You can do that over at youtube.com slash divorce. Look for the join button and get all the details there. The text line has been fixed it did actually work today and they assigned me a new number so you can text dsd live to 844-598-0012 and that will put you on the text list so that you'll get the morning notifications of when we're going live the phone lines are open today barring any technical issues (laughs) And uh, you can call in at 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. If you are outside of the United States, you can scroll down and look in the video description. And it will give you the link so that you can connect without having to do international calling. We've had a few people use that over the while. And uh, the Get to You Get to Be You podcast series is still going on. And today, oh, I forgot to write down who it is, but there's one guest who's talking about the isms. So that could be interesting. And on that, hopefully you guys are having an outstanding Friday morning. I got my coffee. I uh, went to bed a little early, so I felt like I got some extra sleep. Although I did spend a significant amount of time trying to troubleshoot the problem from yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if I'm any closer. I'll have to do some more testing today and potentially over the weekend to try to to ascertain what the heck happened. That was just weird. I was able to replicate it though. So that was interesting. So one of the things I, well, see, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm torn on this on, uh, on, I don't, on this whole nine 11 thing, you know, I mean, it's hard to believe it's been, what is it? 19 years. So, I just, just maybe I just, I'll acknowledge it and I can still remember, I'm sure like all of us can, where we were on that day and that was a, that was not, that was not a good day, no matter what you think or what your views on it are, that was not fun. Anyways, I'll leave it on that. Uh, let me see what we got. We got a handful of people here, so it looks like there might even be a caller dialing in. So I'll wait for the screening to, to finish on that. And anyways, uh, 
Let's see. I'm looking at just what's going on. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go to the caller. It looks like the, I'll just go ahead and grab it. It's area code 501. Good morning and welcome to the show. Hey, man. How Thank you, you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you? What's going on with you today? Uh, not much, you know. Well, you know, I'm just having to let everything go. And I, I've never done this before. It was a month ago when the, quote, incident happened. So, um, basically, on August 1st, I dropped one of my daughters off to my ex. And, um, you know, she was acting a little crazy, my ex was. And, and then that next day, uh, she passes out drunk in a Mexican restaurant with four minors in her possession. And, uh, DHS, EMS, and police were all on the scene. And I didn't figure anything out until 18 hours later. And by that time, it was my ex's brother. It was his lawyer calling me, telling me about this 72-hour hold thing and how they're going for guardianship. And uh, next thing I know, we're having court and they're saying, okay, well, these are the foster parents. You know, the judge orders a, a background check on me and my fiance. And that was August 6th. We turned the background checks in on August 7th. And the results still aren't back yet. So, you know, of course, the uncle's over there making it so enticing for the kids now. It's just going to be a heartbreaker if I do ever get them. What? So you had custody, I mean, you had, well, custody or visitation or however you want to call it before all this stuff happened, right? All I had was visitation. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We did not have joint custody. She had full custody and I only had visitation. So that's the whole real realization I had to come to is why nobody called me, I guess. You know, but I still am the kid's father and, uh, I mean, it, it does not take over 30 days to do a background check. Yeah, so true. So somebody's playing games. I mean, well, what's your attorney saying? Or do you have one? I do. I've had three, and we just have to wait till court on the 21st. You know, I mean, there's literally nothing I can do. So, and they're not letting you see the kids at all now, right? I mean, since it's under this unique situation, they're just basically erasing you out? Uh, yeah, well, no, they let me see them, but it's supervised visitation at DHS headquarters. Now, the CHS headquarters is where they were held that night for hours. They split the kids up during that night because nobody wanted my older one. So they split them up. And then, um, you know, I'm thankful that the brother did get them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm yeah, no, you're right. That's, yeah, that's true. That's but it. nobody told me for 18 hours. He, he and his uh, the kid's aunt, I had told them when I dropped them off, when I dropped my youngest off to their mom, I said, can you make sure the kids get a lock on their door? Because, you know, in the middle of their the night, their mom's drunk and going crazy, and they have to sit up against the door so she can't get in, you know? 
Right. And uh, so the sister knew my number. My ex knew my number. Everybody knew I lived in the state I live in, which is the same state the kids live in. You know, nobody, nobody informed me. It, it just was a big slap in the face, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you just got to, now you just got to go through the process. I mean, it's crazy because you would just assume, I think everyone out there, you know, it's really weird because I think we go through this and we have these assumptions and prior to you saying this story, I mean, I guess I've heard other stories like this. So, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be as surprised, but I mean, everyone's going to assume that if some catastrophe happens like that, the first call should be you, you know, Hey, this situation happened. Can you come get the kids? And you would say yes. And you would have them. And deal with it that way and it's amazing how the system can get completely just messed up now i'm what's your attorney saying long term for this is it like okay this is a mess now but it should get resolved or are they saying that you have a have a problem yeah they're saying it should get resolved i mean my background check's fine you know and so yeah i just have to wait it's just odd that you know they well, I mean, if they're it, it, pro- probably what they're, well, hopefully, I guess maybe what they're doing is they're thinking, okay, we'll hold on to the kids. That way you don't have them. So whenever she's finally, you know, by the time this gets to court, hopefully she'll, in their mind, they're thinking, hopefully the mom will be fixed or, you know, doing better. And it could just go back to normal okay. as opposed to if you had the kids, then God forbid, you know, you get full custody and she gets supervised visitation, but they, um, in October of 2019, she got a DUI in our old hometown where the divorce jurisdiction is. Right. Well, so, uh, you know, her parents and stuff, they grabbed her and the kids and they move her down to this small town so they can keep their eye on her. Right. Well, it's not even a year later and all of this stuff, and it's been the parental alienation and the whole, I mean, all of that stuff in the middle. And it's just like a big mess and now it's like what matters you know the courts right. don't care about this nobody cares about that no emotions can be in it whatsoever and i'm the one that has gotten taken full advantage of and now i have to win my kids back and show america that i'm a great guy again for no reason uh, it's crazy yeah i know man well i mean the thing is is so i gotta win them back yeah you just i mean it's it's unfortunately I mean, the reality is when we make a mistake and we get with the wrong person and then have kids with them, it's, you know, I mean, it just sets, it set things in motion that, uh, we can't get out of. It's like, Oh crap. I didn't mean to get on. It's like getting, going to the amusement park and getting on the, 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 a ride you didn't really want to get on. And it's like, Oh crap, I can't get off this. And you just have to ride it through until the end and, you know, make the most of it. And, uh, and deal with the repercussions when everything's settled. Yeah, and the and the, the the best thing that you can do on this is is to to try to maintain the best positive relationship that you can with your kids, right? I mean, because when the parental alienation is is ongoing, if if the if we let the stress get to us while we're with the kids, they start to see it, they start to believe it, and they start to you know pick the other side, so to speak. So. From from what I've seen, not in all cases, but probably, you know, 80 or 90% of the time, as long as you can maintain a good connection with your kids, you're 
pretty much going to be okay. You know, so it's just, and, and I, I, and dude, I know I can, I mean, I can hear it in your voice and I can even re- relate and remember the when I was jumping through flaming hoops all the time, it's just like, come on, seriously. I mean, but you know, I mean, you know, what's going on, you understand the process. You just have to play the game. And like you said, you have to, when you're ki- you have to go back through this, prove again that you're, that you can be a decent father. And I mean, shoot, you should be but pushing this. What was that? I just had a visitation yeah. on August 3rd for three weeks. And now I have to go to this dump and where they, I mean, it's so traumatic. And yeah. plus that was on August 11th. I haven't visited with her since because I'm not putting anybody through that. That was August 11th. And first thing when I saw her, I brushed her hair because I love to put her hair up in a little bun. All this life starts just crawling across her forehead. All different sizes, too. Oh, God. And I'm like, we're in the DHS office, and I'm like, um, she has life, and nobody cares. And, you know, then the foster parents are, you know, accusing me of planting the life. Oh, dear God. You know, it's... Well, here, here's it's, the thing, man. I mean, little- I, I understand what your reasoning for not doing that, but just... and. and whatever decision you make, right? I mean, we are constantly given basically double binds. It's like every decision we make is there's goods and well, there's more. It's like, we got to pick the, the best of the bad situations. The only thing I would ask you to think about, cause I I'm fairly sure with what you already just said, if you're not seeing the kids, they're going to turn around and say, well, he wouldn't even go see them. You know, he abandoned them. He'll, you know, so if you can, do you know still go and it's not too traumatic for your kid just so that you have that opportunity you might want to consider it but however like i just said i mean if you if you've considered everything and you're like no nope, this is the decision i'm going to make and and i'm good with it then fine but i would at least consider the potential downside of not doing that all right well and nobody's even calling me and setting anything up or anything anyway so I mean, I, I went the first time, right? And then I was like, "Oh, I'm not doing this again." Surely, this supervised thing will be lifted soon. But you know, here I am still pending, uh, and I and I have gotten another background check from a new job. And I, I told the the caseworker, uh, you know, if that one comes back before this one comes back, can we use that one? And you know, she doesn't even answer me. Uh, so I. It's some kind of thing they set up with them. I mean, for them to have guardianship and everything already set up, then they call me and tell me, uh, hey, this is what's going on. You know, there was an incident last night where your ex passed out in the bathroom stall of a Mexican restaurant. Wow. Wow. So. Man. I don't even know. So that was a month ago, and when are you when are you scheduled to go back are. to court? The twenty first. So it's like over five weeks, and of course she's in rehab voluntarily now. Oh, of course. And uh, yeah, so. Well, I mean, so at least it's only ten Whatever. more days, and you go back to court, right? Right. I mean, unfortunately, this is. This is the situation that we get stuck in. 
But I mean, just, you know, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, you're putting up with all this crap just to try to help your kids out, right? To be a dad, to be, stay involved. So that's got to be the long-term focus and the goal on this, right? I mean, instead of getting. Well, that's, that's the thing is like, should I leave them be and be, because they are happy. I mean, it's going to probably break somebody's heart. I mean, of course, the, the oldest has a boyfriend and a new dog and. You know, the youngest one is in dance class and, uh, you know, they're both doing great in school now. And I would be, quote, uprooting them again. But they just got uprooted out of their school. They were in their whole dang life. Right. I mean, they're 13 and 9. And last year is when they got taken down there. It's a little small town where they don't even have police. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough. I really appreciate your call, man. Sorry and thanks. Well, don't, yeah, no worries. Don't, uh, I mean, just, you know, take a breath. Don't beat yourself up too much. I understand where you're at because you get into that mode where you're like, well, am I even doing the right thing anymore? I mean, here, here's the thing at the, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, they got a messed up mom. I mean, they were, they, they already know that they're living with that. And, you don't want them to also feel like they've been abandoned or, or rejected by their, by their father. Right. I mean, if this, you know, the brother-in-law and his wife and everything, if that's a great family, I mean, obviously that would be better if they're spending more of their time with them instead of the, the ex, but uh, you know, you need to be involved. You need to make sure that they know even, even beside, even, even with all the crazy crap that's going on in this, that you're still there for them. Right. I mean, just. I try to talk to them. Yeah, I try, and you know, I have no. They don't have a phone, so I have to go through my exes, or I have to call the foster parents or text them. Right. Well, you know, of course, now I'm now I'm harassing them, and you know, nobody still tells me nothing. I'm like, dude, here, here's the deal. All right, okay, um, let me, let me just say, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and and probably. I mean, I can remember back on my situation, there was a period of time where I'm like, oh my God, this is, I'm not going to win this. I'm just, and I started mentally preparing myself for the, for the worst, right? I mean, I, I, and I, and I kind of, it sounds like that's what you're doing, but from what you're saying right now, if the brother-in-law, I mean, if, if the quote unquote foster parents right now, they're doing the exact same thing that the, that their sister or your ex is doing, right? If they're playing the game that you're harassing them, that you know, you, you're trying to call to see the kids and they're playing this stupid game, that means that's the type of people they are. Right? I mean, and if that's they the case, then you then you are basically the only lifeline for these kids for a normal life. So I mean, best case scenario would be that you fight and get full custody and then they can have a little visitation. And then I'm assuming that you know you have stability where you're at. So if the kids are with you, the likelihood that you're going to be moving around and uprooting them, unless it's to move up as opposed to, oh crap, there's a problem. I mean, I get things happen, but I mean, you're, I'm assuming you're in a better position to provide them stability, then go for it, right? I mean, if you're going to be back in court on all this, say, hey, look, you know what? These are the problems. The kids need to be with, with their dad. Um, I absolutely will let the ex see them and the other family. I mean, of course, why would I not do that? And uh, and swing for the fences and see what happens. I mean, if you do that and you ult- and they and they win and you lose, then fine, right? I mean, but at least then you've done everything. And it sounds like that's the process you're already in. That that's kind of what you're already gearing towards to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, pretty much. 
stuff. Dude, and I mean, I, dude, man, just take take a breath on this and try. I mean, just I, I, I know I can completely, like I said, relate to the frustration of it because it's like you shouldn't even have to go through this. This should have been a slam dunk. When this happened, the cops should have called you. Well, I don't know how close you are, but, you know, I mean, you should have been two, able to. Two hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe the reason they didn't do it is because, you know, well, then then they would have to switch schools and all kinds of stuff. Well, hell, if it's if it's virtual school, maybe not. Maybe they could have just done it online. I don't know. I'm not sure how it is where you're at. But, but I mean, you know, who knows what their thought process is, is. It could have been that. It could have been like, well, who can come get them in 15 minutes? Well, dad's two hours away, so we can't do that. And, but I mean, realistically in foster care, they would have placed them wherever, and then they would have had to move them. I mean, more than likely they wouldn't have been in their normal school anyways, you know, I mean, unless with it being a small town. So just, I wouldn't give up, man. Just keep fighting on this. And I mean, hopefully you have a good support base with your home and, and your current situation and just, you know, I mean, you're going to have these ups and you're going to have these emotional ups and downs and just like, okay, you know, like I always say, focus on the war, not the battle, right? I mean, you're just like, all right, this sucks. You know, the, the battles have changed, but you still have to, you have to change your tactics to where you position yourself better for, for winning the war. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, and it doesn't matter all the people that do you wrong and, you know, how ridiculous this thing. It's actually DHS policy to notify the other parent immediately. I mean, those are the words, right? You know, and, and I'm not even listed on the page of the care plan that she sent me. I'm like, oh, how am I not listed as the father? And she's like, okay, I'll update it and I'll send it back to you. And I'm like, okay, well, I still haven't gotten that back. I don't even know what's going on, you know. Yeah. So it's okay. I, I just kind of reached out to see if. Uh, no, I know you've been. Thought. I, 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 I used to, well, I know you've been taught comment. I've seen your comments, um, in the, on videos and stuff. So I've seen part of what your story is. So I appreciate you calling in. Hopefully this was helpful. I mean, I didn't give you any silver bullets or any, any main, you know, any, any huge things, but hopefully some stuff to think about to keep you focused on the end goal. Right. Yeah. There you go. Well, thanks man. You have a great day. You too, man. Great show. Thank you. Man, you know, it, it's 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 incredibly frustrating how these things just don't play out the way we would expect. And I think that's what happens to not this particular situation, but it's kind of indicative of of what happens, right? I mean, it's like you you think you use common sense and logic. And probably in a million years nobody would have thought that a scenario like this would happen. But lately we hear stories like what this caller just had. There's the other story in Texas where the, the guys, there was a story in Texas, and probably you guys know about this, where you, know, you have a divorced couple, mom has custody, has a boyfriend, she passes away, and the boyfriend is fighting for custody of this girl, of the child. I mean, it's like, everyone would have assumed, I would have assumed, you know, hey, you got two parents, one person passes away, unless you guys have all agreed on something in the, in the before, the child goes to the other parent. And now this guy is fighting for custody 
and fighting against custody from his ex-wife's boyfriend. I mean, it's like, what the hell? I mean, it, you, you look at this and you think that common sense will, will prevail on it. And part of it is, I mean, I saw some comments about family court being corrupt. It, it, it really seems, it, it, let me see if I'm trying to scroll back and see if I can see where this was. Yeah, Techmore says, family court is corruption, extortion, operation. Be very careful who you mess with. And this, that's the sad part, right? It's like, oh, well, okay, so now there's this whole thing. Well, let's, let's put this in the system. Let's dip our toe into this, even though it shouldn't even be there. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's just frustrating. I mean, it, it's like the laws have to change. This can't keep going on. This stuff can't keep going on. You know, and, and, and erasing a parent are basically turning around and saying, okay, well, because of this, the, the state now gets to decide what's going on. And anybody and everybody can turn around and start inserting themselves into it. Like, well, hell, there was a story we were talking about before. I still need to try to get to talk to this guy. Where, you know, they got divorced. He, they, he had visitation. He didn't have full custody or even 50-50. Mom goes to jail. Grandma then comes along and gets custody. And then for the longest time, it was just status quo and everything was okay-ish. And then out of the blue, the grandma's like, oh, well, you're a scumbag now and you can't see the kid. Denied visitation. You know, this poor guy had to go through this whole court thing again, you know, try to fight for custody. The good part about it on this particular one is he went back and he got full custody. The court was like, oh, this is crap. You're, all the kids are going to dad. And, and fortunately that happened. But it's like it, it's like it doesn't end sometimes. And, and, and I got to be careful how I'm saying this because anybody who's at the beginning stages of this and listening to what I'm talking about right now can be like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is, you know, my life is over. I mean, it's, it's not. And I, and I apologize if, if, if that's the feeling you're getting right now from this. It's a situation that we're stuck in. It doesn't mean your life is destroyed. Does it mean there's going to be some stressful times? Oh, yeah, it, it will. Now, I think the biggest thing I know for me personally, the biggest problem I had is every time I seemed like I understood the system, it would be, oh, no, you didn't know this part. And I can tell you that every time something like that, like if I was this guy back in the day, if this, if this would have happened to me, I would have been losing my mind. You know, and, and somebody telling me, hey, take a breath, relax, you know, focus on the end game, and what do you need to win? I don't know how I would have taken it. Maybe if they could have said, look at me, calm down, all right? Just take a moment, take a breath. You know, look, you're in your military, your prior service, you understand warfare, you understand the thing. Sometimes things go bad. This is a bad thing. Does it mean that you've lost everything? Only if you allow it, right? If you give up or you just, you lose your resolve or you lose your perseverance, that can be devastating. You have to regroup, retool, figure out how you're going to approach this next for the long-term victory. And that's exactly what, I mean, I hope that if somebody would have said that to me, it would have snapped me out of it. I would have been like, right, right. Okay. You know, yes, this sucks. You know, this was a, this was a, a, a hard hit. You know, my ship has been, well, I'm an air force guy, but you know, whatever my, my runways have been attacked. They've been blown up. I can't launch a plane right now, but what do I do? You fix the damn runway. 
You get civil engineering out there to fix the potholes, you know, you, whatever. They either fill it in or they use the, the, the battle-ready stuff to make it go to where you could do it. And that's kind of the same thing. Like with what I was talking about or with this guy, that's why I would strongly consider still going to the, to the, to the supervised visitation just so you can say, okay, guys, you know, hey, kids, I'm, I'm still thinking about you. I'm working on it. Um, you know, if there's lice in their hair, like you said, you write it all down. And then when you walk into court, you're like, look, what the hell I had, I had unsupervised visitation. This situation happens and I'm being punished for something my ex had. This is crap, you know? So anyways, let me, uh, let me double check the comments. So the phone lines are open one four two four three seven three five four eight three one four two four DSD live. Let me see what we got going on. John Boston says, Dwayne, uh, family court reform needs to happen. This is fleecing of America. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, I'm scrolling back. Let me see if the moderator sent, or moderator Debbie has sent me anything. Mr. Mann says, oh, uh, where did it go? Oh, I see it. It hasn't popped up yet. Uh, always show up for your kids. I mean, I... If at all possible, I mean, I, I, I get it, right? There are times where, there are times where you have to look at it and say, okay, is, am I in the right mental state that it's going to be a positive to interact with, with in this situation? If the answer is yes, then you show up. If the answer is no, and it's, and it's going to hurt your overall situation, if it's not going to support the goal of winning the war, you lose the next battle, then back off and readjust it's uh oh the call whoever was calling in it failed it looks like or no it did it no it's in the queue oh normally if it fails it doesn't okay so i'm gonna go to the uh, next caller area code 470 good morning and welcome to the show hey dsc Hey, how's it going? Actually, I tumbled. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for calling in. And thanks for the support. Yeah. I know you've um, recently become a member and stuff. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. I'm working on a... Um, well, I, I, if I could give more, you know, I would definitely do it. And so I, I will in the future. But oh, dude, don't worry about it. I just appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, right it's a little pricey. We, but we, uh, once it's done <laughs> and I... And I <laughs> yeah, I will definitely uh, give more. I... So I, I'm tuning in every morning, but, um, but I was, um, you know, you said something about, you know, uh, you know, you'll get defeated. I mean, I've dealt with it myself. Like I've been defeated twice and that was working with, that was the GAL basically, um, his recommendations, um, defeated me twice. First, it was, he recommended that we, um, me and the ex go to co-parenting counseling and, uh, and then Stupidly, I um, I agreed, and I was pro se at that time. Uh, actually, I just retained a lawyer. That's the reason we tried. But um, I agreed to co-parenting counseling because the jail recommended that in his initial uh, recommendation. And um, he uh, does co-parenting counseling, and so the, her lawyer, my ex's lawyer, recommended this co-parenting counselor. And then I agreed to it, then look at the contract and then see how much it was. I don't know why I did that, but that was so stupid. Um, 
but anyways, I looked at it and it was the day before I was supposed to attend my first uh, session. It was like a private session just to tell the counselor what I was up to and stuff. And I mean, what, what were my, I guess, what were my thoughts and just kind of give her my background. And uh, I saw the price and I was like, oh God, I was like, I can't do this. Right. We were looking at like a couple of hundred dollars an hour. And I was like, Whoa. oh God, I'm like, between this, I'm not even paying child support yet. And I don't even have a lawyer and I and I may want one in the future or I may want to get some type of legal assistance in the future. I'm in my bills. I'm like, I can't afford all this. So basically I pulled out of it and I told the lawyer, I mean the GAL and I told the, her lawyer as well, like, Hey, I actually, I can't afford it. I'm sorry, but I want to do it. You know? Um, so I, you know, and plus one side can actually in the contract, it said like that, they can bring in that co-parenting counselor to court. And that would be like, I think that would be like $1,300 a day. And I was like, so if they decide that they want to go do that, like on their own, they want to bring that counselor in next thing you know, I'm on the hook for half of that. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't trust my ex. And she's, she would, she would pay for the co-parenting counseling because she makes significantly more just to see me drown into debt. Right, yeah. <laughs> so she's, she doesn't care about any of that stuff. So it's just a matter of, she was trying to drown me out in, in money and stuff. But um, but anyways, uh, so the GAL wrote a letter to us basically saying that I did not fulfill my responsibilities as, uh, as a parent. And um, I failed on my obligation. And this was not even, we didn't even get the temporary order yet. So I wrote him a letter back a really long letter about what I thought about this whole situation. And, um, you know, I said that, you know, I have legitimate reasons why I can't attend this co-parenting counseling. I would never say no to it in the future, but first of all, we need to choose somebody else that's a little bit cheaper. Right. And I'm just, there was, it was like a three page long letter, but anyways, um, I was like, I really hope that, you know, this is like right prior to mediation too. Um, and he was about to give out his recommendation for a parenting plan that we could settle on. And then, um, so I was like, I hope that this doesn't like affect my chances of getting primary custody of my child. And so that was, I wrote a nice letter. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, it was not, I wouldn't say it was necessarily nice to the ex, but I wouldn't say it was mean, it was professional, but it was the truth. Right. And so anyways, a little bit later, like a week later, it's mediation and the morning of he gives his, uh, parenting plan, like his, his, uh, recommendation plan that he recommends that we settle off of mm-hmm. yeah and it's still was still winning winning primary custody i was like oh my god <laughs> like i was like i got defeated twice by this guy and i'm like i'm just I'm like i feel like i'm working i feel like i'm working against my ex and now the gal which i you know like i'm like i feel like i'm working against two people now <laughs> yeah unfortunately um, so yeah, so I mean, I've been defeated, and you know, and then I went to mediation. I walked out of mediation because I, did, I felt like it was a waste of time, um, and it, I wasn't going to settle on that parenting plan. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Yep. And basically, um, because of that, after mediation, her lawyer sent me what the jail recommended that we settle on, and I still said no. And then we went to the temporary hearings, and I got a lot more time. Uh, based on my own recommendation. So, Good. I mean, I've, I've gone through like being defeated and stuff like that. And, but I guess like for some of your callers, I know, and even like just 
these situations, even probably after trial, we'll probably still be dealing with stupid things with these uh, people. But yeah, yeah, you'll be getting, you'll be defeated, but you always can't forget like what your, what your main objective is. And that's to provide your kid a happy life. And I mean, you just have to think of it like that. And you know that their decision making is not good. So, well, and they have to be strong and you have to be, and I would and I would say on your your situation, I mean, so you they tried to knock you down and you said no, and then when you finally went to court on the temporary hearing, you got more than what you expected, and now that's temporary. And I mean, effectively, when you go the mm-hmm. next time, it should work. And I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised because if you had the gal saying that you messed up and the me- well, the mediation isn't really admit or shouldn't be admissible in court legally, it's not. And I mean. So, I mean, you still did well, right? So, so stay focused on the long game yep. and don't settle. But it's hard because you're looking at all this money and you just want it to stop. And you're like, well, is it really worth it? Or I'll just stop this. I'll, I'll just, you know, try to, try to ease the financial bleeding and everything. But, I mean, realistically, when you're in the middle of it, yeah. you got to stay in it until you, you, you get the best you can. And until you, I mean, and then if, unless you lose, right? I mean, because... The thing is, exactly. if you stay in this and, and you get more time or let's say you're able to, to spin the right story to where the court says, oh, wait a minute, you should have primary custody, then you've, then you've won the war. There'll be more battles after that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but you'll, the, the primary victory will be achieved in that regard then, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the way that, I mean, you got to you say it perfectly every time. And, um it's like you have to, you know, you have to just see it as a battle. It's not, you're, this is like, this whole thing, you mean, I would say, yeah, the first court, you know, like process that you're going to be going through all the way till trial, it's probably going to be the, I mean, I'm just, it's just my assumption. Um, but I'm, I would say like I've been in this for a year and still haven't gotten to the trial yet. Yeah, it I takes would say a that, yeah, it's probably, I would think that it's probably the most important one that you're going to go through. It's going to determine probably you know, that at least, minimally until well, I wouldn't say minimally, but I would just say this it's probably the most important one that you're probably gonna be going to. <laughs> right. Well, so um but yeah I was just uh I think this might help with others if you think of it like my mom told me this because she was seeing that I was like struggling emotionally and I was having a hard time but I was still trying to figure out how to be a lawyer basically because I wasn't representing myself and I was like trying to get legal help wherever I can. Um, and trying to like, just try to figure it out with the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, basically my mom said that she was like, she was like, what do you have to lose? Really? Yeah. You don't like you, I mean, it's like, well, you might as well ask for what you want because it's like, and you might as well just try to make the best case for it. But what, I mean, if you ask for what you want, I mean, what do you have to lose? They're going to determine what you're going to get. So it's like, yeah, you might as well ask for more and maybe you'll get less. I mean, it's just like, it's yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and, and the fact that you're, you, you said you're doing pro se, right? Well, it's funny. I just, so I was using, I'm still calling around. So I, was, so I said, I think it was like earlier this week. I was the person that said like, um, again, I was like, I'm I tumbler. So <laughs> I was the one that said, uh, basically like use legal coaching. you like do, do your free 30 minutes everywhere right right can. right and, and yeah that was good advice will, you know like use yeah use all your resources like do all your online research like all this stuff and yeah it was pro se and 
uh, her lawyer hates me. Um, she literally hates me. So I would say that, but, but I've been outsmarting her, uh, for the most part. And I think that she thinks that my new lawyer now, which he's a lot cheaper than my previous lawyer. Um, and I actually like his attitude a little bit more. He's, he seems a little bit more gracious than the other ones. Good. Um, so he's, yeah, he's, he's representing me now. I'm kind of happy about that. I don't have to deal with it anymore. But the thing that I don't like is now I'm kind of out of the loop of the process <laughs> now. So I'm not, I'm not fully in control of it. So it's just a matter of managing your lawyer and making sure that they're doing what they're, what right. really you're, you're paying them to do. I mean, I guess that they're the, they're supposed to be the experts, but at the same time, like yeah, it's, have it's, enough right. common sense and, if you have done enough research to kind of know what are my options as far as like, no, and that's important. I I think everybody needs to do that. I mean, if you go in and you just expect your attorney to handle everything and you don't, and you have a hands-off approach, Mm -hmm. it's going to blow up in your face. Oh yeah. Because if they, if they think that you're just, yeah, you're totally right about that. And if you just expect that, they don't care. I mean, they got your money anyways. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. So it's like, you know, but, if you are telling them to do something that's reasonable, and I understand this politics involved, I understand that they have a reputation that they have to they have to keep with judges and other lawyers because it's all in networks of like, you know, referrals and stuff like that. So they want to keep the relationship. You know, I mean, it's a I don't know how it is in California, but um, no, around it's, where it's I live, all the it's same. Like a pretty close knit community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's all the same everywhere. So, so it's like, you know, how much. I mean, you could tell them what to do, but then, you know, at some point it's like they could easily drop you just because you're, even though you're the boss, they treat you, they try to treat you as if you're, if you're their employee. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, so it's messed up. But anyways, I just want to call to say, like, just give two examples of like, I was defeated twice and, you know, like by, by the person that's supposed to be like the representative of my child and the judge didn't even follow his recommendation. So, um, that all of mine, that's so the key, that. you know, like you, yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's a key. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said oh, that okay. and shared that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good topic of what you're talking about. And, yeah. um, but that was it. So I well, just thanks, to thanks for calling in on that, man. And sharing that. I appreciate it. And thanks for the support. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Dwayne. So guys, that, that right there is, as I think an important story that you need to remember. And that is just because things don't look like they're going well, until it goes to the judge and they make a decision. And even if they make a decision, if they make a mistake, you can still potentially appeal it. But it's like, if you're, if everyone is telling you, no, you're not going to win, you're not going to get this, you know, you'll be lucky with supervised visitation or maybe one weekend, you know, in three months or some stupid thing like that. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. If you get to the point that you're out of resources, try to do pro se. I know that's tough, and I know emotionally it's it's really stressful. But uh, you know, I mean, until it's over, it's not really over. And I, I, it seems like lately I've been hearing more and more stories like this, where things look really bad, and then. You know, as long as you don't give up, as long as you don't just say, okay, fine, whatever, this sucks, I'll agree to this, I want this over, you know, I'll, you know, I don't want to spend another $20,000 or whatever it is to try to fight this and just stop. And that's what they're trying to get you to do. Like all of this stuff, 
it's really weird, right? Because it's like, in some ways, they look, they look at it. I mean, it seems like the systems look to try to create more money, but at the same time, they just want to beat you down until until you're you just you just give up or you stop. And maybe the reason on that is they figure, well, then you'll give up and stop when you're out of money. So let's keep this as cra- as crazy as possible so you stay in the fight. And the reason that this guy's attorney or his this the last caller's ex's attorney is irritated is because he's not a real attorney, so he can't play the game, right? I mean, because they can't sit around and go, hey, Bill, how's it going? Oh, Tom, that's good. You know, hey, on this other case, you know, you won the last two, so um, I'm thinking this on this one. Okay, cool. You know, we'll meet up at the golf course on Sunday. Yeah, I'll see you there. You know, that type of crap. It's just... You know, when someone starts representing themselves, it throws a whole monkey wrench in the process. And on top of that, it typically somebody who's representing themselves is willing to appeal stuff. A lot of times, I mean, how many times have people of of people listening right now? Love to hear this in the comments. Have gone through this where their attorney or someone said, "Oh, well, that's just the way it is." There's nothing you can do. We gave it our best shot. You know, that's it. You know, because they don't want to go up against the judge and try to to do a a contempt thing because family court has a tendency to basically be this vacuum where there's not a lot of visibility into it. And they're afraid, unfortunately, that if if they create too much of a havoc, that they're going to be them and their clients will get punished for it. I mean, the reality is, I mean, they should almost be thinking of it the other way and have it to be like, oh, crap, you know, attorney Bill comes in and everybody knows that, you know, this person doesn't screw around. And if it's not legit, they're going to appeal it and they're going to take it up higher. You know, so maybe in that situation, they'll, they'll actually try to follow the law and make a decision that's more appropriate and more justified. All right, let me see what's going on in the comments. Oh my god, I think I think all the air is eva- or all the liquid is evaporated out. I, my uh like it's getting uh dry in here. POP that said is everyone has to watch Divorce Corp. It's 110% true. It's it's a that's a tough watch. I watched that movie. Um I think I may have purchased it. I think it's in my list of iTunes stuff I bought. See, but here, here's the thing you have to be careful of. Man, and it's so tough because it's so easy on this to think that, that everything is stacked against you, that there's no chance you're going to win, that they're going to financially ruin you, they're going to take everything from you. If you watch Divorce Corp, you got people who fighting for their kids where the judge is like, hey, if you, don't, you, know, if you say one more thing, I'm going to throw you in jail. I mean, it's just this, this worst case scenario. Worst case scenarios sometimes happen. So a lot of times it happens because of our uh, because we make mistakes and say things or do things that that don't help us. And I mean that's not right, right? I mean they shouldn't turn around and say, "Hey, okay, all right, you're it's the most stressful thing that you've ever experienced in your life. Your whole world has been turned upside down. I'm now going to put you up on a stage in an uncomfortable even more uncomfortable situation, shine a spotlight on you." And you now have to perform and don't mess up. Don't trip up on your words. Make sure your performance is outstanding. How is someone expect, I mean, how can someone expect to perform under those situations? And this, the reality 
the reality is, is you have to turn around and do the best you can. Try to get uh, get everything lined up. Be the be the be the best performer that you can be. And it's really tough. I, I, my hope is is that by watching some of this stuff, I mean, even though today's been kind of a rough day with with some of the topics, is to not feel defeated on this and feel like, okay, you know what? I can go for it. I can try it. I'm going to still go through the motions. And the problem is what I was trying to get at is a lot of times when you're at the beginning stages of this, like I, I know for me, as I'm, I, I had this little voice in my head going, oh my God, I'm going to lose. There's no way I'm going to win this. Nobody, you know, I mean, everyone always, everyone always says, uh, you know, if you're a guy, you're not going to win. I mean, I had everybody telling me that. Everyone said, well, it's a long shot. You know, there you could maybe get 50-50. It's probably going to cost you twenty to $50,000. And it's, and it's just going to be a, a crapshoot. That's what I was dealing with, right? I mean, that's why, I hate, I mean I, that's why I'm cautious about some of these stories, how we talk about it. Because I don't want to feed into that. Because there is story after story of things turning out okay. It's like as long as you cannot make a colossal bunch a bunch a colossal amount of mistakes, normally you can persevere through this and get to the other side of it. Does that mean that your ex is going to turn into a good human being and 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 stop playing games? No. No. I mean they will. But you can figure out how to deal with it in a way that that uh isn't destructive for you anymore. So you know, I mean, like even the first story, or not the first story, but the other other story I was talking about with the guy who who lost, you know, lost custody, um, he got set up by his ex. I mean, just just catastrophe after catastrophe. He stayed in the game, and ultimately he was able to get full custody of his kids. Granted, it took about nine years, but you they he was able to persevere. John Bossa says the family court is not needed in 90% of the cases. Yeah, I hear that. Somebody else, <clears throat> I think Eric, where is it? Um, oh, that's funny. Uh, Aaron, hold on a second. <clears throat> See, the problem is I have asthma and California is on fire. And I think the wind just switched, swift or shifted. And I'm having a hard time breathing right now. So that's, that's the problem because I had Aaron says, is, uh, uh, DSD, are you okay? You seem a bit drained today. I'm okay. I just can't breathe. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Which makes it kind of tough. So, and he also says that it was, are you okay day in Australia? I had never heard about that. That's interesting. That's actually kind of an interesting, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, I like that. We, you know what? Society needs to be more, more like more. What's the word? Empathetic to, uh, to other people. It's kind of like what I was talking about the other day with my work where we do this, you know, we do the training for um, suicide prevention. And we also do, I mean, we're doing this thing right now where every month we're doing a, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember what it's called, but we're doing this command level thing to where we sit down once a month and is trying to drive conversation so the whole group gets together, or the whole section, you know, so anywhere from like, you know, 10 to 20 people, depending on the, on the work center. And they have topics we have to go over. Like last, last month's was being engaged. It's like, how do you engage with more people 
how do you encourage communication? And the whole idea on it is, is how do you get to the point that you can watch your coworkers, you can watch your, your fellow airmen in that situation and recognize when something's not right. Recognize when something's off. Well, I mean, actually with what, um, uh, Aaron was saying, you know, if it's like, Hey, recognize it, that my performance is not, not what it was the day before. <laughs> and, and there, and there is a reason, there is a reason for that. Uh, <laughs> Bear says, okay, okay, this is kind of funny. It says in the, in the U S it's quote, we don't care if you're okay every day. <laughs> <laughs> I care though. I'm in the United States and I care about you guys. Every day is I care about you day. And I'm not being sarcastic. If I didn't care about you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. Oh, I see what you're saying. So Aaron and Oz says, uh, DSD, especially during COVID, the idea is to check on friends and ask, are you okay? That is awesome. Good for you guys. So I think right now we're just trying to, uh, to realize that our, I mean, the fires are insane in Cal are on the West. I'll say West coast. Cause that's not just California. It's like, it's burning all the way from Washington state down to California. And then a friend of mine sent a report or a, a story the other day that it looks like some of these are in being intentionally set by, by, uh, Antifa, which, um, I mean, that's, that's just scary. If that's, if that is true. Oh man. All right. Gosh. Yeah, I am. I am getting a little loopy. I'll, uh, I need to get an air purifier or something. Let's see what else is going on in the comments. It seems like it's been kind of a quiet day today, a little bit lower numbers, but it's Friday. I'm sure people are ready for the weekend. I know I'm ready for a break. Uh, have some, hopefully some ideas for some guests next week. If I can get my system figured out, I did, like I said yesterday, I was doing some tests. Uh, <laughs> Deb, I'm going to post this. This is funny. Debbie goes, ah, DSD, our, our bearded Care Bear. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Oh, man. Great. Anyways, uh, God, we got a few, few moments left. Let's see. Uh, uh, if you guys have, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, um, the you, you Get to Be You series is still going on. I did get, I'll share this with you guys. For the people who have stayed until almost the end, I'll share this little part with you. And this is, I got a note from Veronica. I asked her, hey, how is it going? And she said, oh, it's going good and, and stuff. And, and she said that, uh, maybe I've already told you guys this, but, but uh, she's like, hey, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, so I'm saving it for last. So I'm supposed to be... Uh, I'm on the, she, she said she saved the, the, the one she really enjoyed towards, towards later. So I'm on the later part of it. And I think, I think my date is the 19th, which would be, uh, if I can pull it up and get, be able to look at the calendar, it might be a Saturday coming up. So, um, I'll double check and I'll definitely let you guys know when it is live. <laughs> Aaron says, maybe yesterday's awesome show drained you. You know, I am so glad that that show went okay because I was frantic in the background trying to figure out what was wrong and to get things to work. And it just kept getting worse and worse. I mean, it, it was to the point where I'm like, man, is this thing going to eat itself? At any moment, I was expecting it to implode. Now, it ultimately did. When I went through the end sequence, 
it locked up. I mean, it completely just crashed. And I mean, luckily, I guess maybe it was still streaming. So there was that. But yeah, it was it was weird. The, the, the thing on this, guys, is not on the, not on the computer issues, but but just realize this is a long term. You know, this is this is a long term process. It's a it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. And oh, I Tumblr says I honestly like this more than yesterday. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. But uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a long game, and we got to be really careful about not getting so wrapped up in what's happening in this moment. I mean, we've talked a couple of different stories just today with the callers where it is so easy to get wrapped up in what's happening in the moment and, and feeling defeated and just exhausted because it is exhausting. I mean, this is really tough, but at the end of the day, we're not doing this to fight the X. We're doing this to stay in our kids' lives, to be the parent that they need to not give up on them, to not have them start life thinking that both their parents are a pile of garbage or worse, that one parent has just completely just abandoned them and left, you know, and just gave up on them. I went through that. I had that with my own dad. You know, I made my own peace with it. If someone would have asked me, you know, if I was okay, I would have said, oh, absolutely, I was fine. I wasn't fine. And because of that, because of that experience, it led me into a situation that put me where I'm at now. If I could have had a better, probably better relationship with my dad, had been able to resolve those issues, been able to see clearly what would have happened, been able to develop better healthy boundaries, I never would have put up with the crap that happened with the ex. And even at the beginning, when the mask would chip every once in a while, every once in a while there'd be like a little, like, little, little glimpse at the reality, I would have believed it and I never would have went through with it. The sad part was there was a moment where I said, you know, we need to slow down. We need to stop. When we were getting ready to marry, I'm like, we need to take a break. And uh, whatever happened, I mean, I went, I remember it was one weekend. It was started out that way. By the end of the weekend, I'm like, no, 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 we have to get married. And I pushed on. I wanted that illusion so bad. I wanted someone to love me so bad that, uh, you know, when it, when it presented itself, I'm like, oh my God, I got to grab onto this because what if it gets away and I never find it again? Billions of people on the planet, and I thought that. We owe, we owe ourselves more than that. You're better. You did, you're better than you think, and you're definitely worth more, and you should never put up with toxic behavior in a toxic situation. Recognize it when it happens, and bail out of that. On that, thank you guys for hanging out this Friday with me. I know we had a smaller crowd, but it's all right. Appreciate the callers calling in. I hope you guys feel that this was show, even though it was a little more tougher, a little tougher, that uh, it was still a good one. Have a good weekend. Take a take a break. Give yourself some time to recharge. Find something to, to focus your energy on, to, to recharge your batteries. You can't live in this mess all the time and not give yourself a break. I know sometimes it feels like you can't get out of it, but... You know, find something, uh, I don't know, go to the beach. If you can, go to a lake. Go someplace beautiful that you can just sit there, that hopefully you can breathe, that it's not on fire. (laughs) And uh, give yourself an opportunity to recharge. On that, thank you guys, and I will be back next 
Monday. <laughs>